Welcome to the Teaching with Inquiry live podcast replay, fitting it all together to make inquiry-based learning accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. Hey, everybody, I hope you have had a okay start back. And I know that this is definitely a lot different than what we have signed up for. And I wanted to talk about some tips to help break through some of the overwhelm and stress that comes with being a digital teacher and to help reframe our focus for what it is that we need to do to tackle this challenge of being a remote teacher. And it's going to be a bit simpler than you might think it possibly could be. So thank you so much for joining me. My name is Patty. I am a junior teacher here in Ontario, Canada, and every Monday night we release a new video that is all about making sure that we can empower teachers to have easy and excellent teaching lessons in their classroom. And it is our hope that through these videos, you get a little inspiration that will help you to transform what is happening in your classroom. So I titled tonight's video is Just Teach because of the very basics, regardless of how we are teaching, believe that you know how to do this. You know how to teach. You do it every single day. And the only thing that is changing is the platform. Now, I will say this is not easy. And if you've got kids at home and you are trying to balance not only childcare and teaching, it's not easy. And I'm not here to say that it is going to be easy, but there are things that we can do to take some of the overwhelming pressure that is on us right now that can help to reframe how we're thinking about this period in our teaching career. The first is let's just keep it simple. At the very basics, you need to show up for your students. That's really all you need to do. You need to turn your camera on and teach. We know how to do this. We don't need any fancy tech. We don't need any fancy slides or special classrooms or interactive activities. The most important thing that you have to bring to the remote teaching classroom is you. And if you are at the point where the only thing that you can manage to do is to show up, turn your camera on, talk to your students and teach, then at the very basic that's okay. And this is the number one thing that you need to remember to do is that we need to keep it simple, turn our camera on, and talk with our students. Engage with our students. Interact with them. Show them that we are here for them. There are lots of things that we can do in our classrooms that we can transmit into remote teaching. And these are the things that we need to do. So we need to ask ourselves, how would I do this if I weren't teaching remotely and I was teaching in the classroom? So imagine that you were planning the exact same lesson. How would you do it in your classroom? 
If you were doing a read aloud, chances are you would have a book and you would read it to your students. Well, that can translate straight into the classroom. If you are relying heavily on workbooks or photocopied pieces of paper, this is where it makes it a bit more difficult because we do need to translate those into activities that students can do. But I bet for a week or two, if that's what we're facing, we can probably drop the workbook activities and come up with some more interactive activities. Remember that remote teaching no longer is restricting us on how students can collaborate with one another. So let's take advantage of the opportunity that remote is giving us because we don't need to maintain physical distancing so students can collaborate with one another in remote. So thinking about how you would do things, you can still do read alouds. You can still post questions to your students and ask them to answer them on whatever material they happen to have with them, whether it's paper or a blank document. You don't necessarily need to have everything perfectly created for your students, and you definitely can simply just ask them to create a blank document. And that is a perfectly acceptable type of activity that you can ask a junior student to be doing. They don't necessarily need a structured, colorful, pretty template that they simply just need to fill in. They can make it themselves. So we need to look at, does everything need to be digital, or can we still do things that are analog? Can we still do things with a pencil and paper, even though we're teaching remotely? I will make an assumption that most students will have access to some type of writing material or will have access to some type of device that they could write on. Now they may not have both that they are competent at being able to use, but one or the other, even if it's just a scrap piece of paper, students can simply use what they have to be able to write on. So if you are assigning an activity such as what are your New Year's resolutions. Students can write that on a piece of paper and they can type it on a blank document and submit that to you in whatever way you need to. They can email it to you, they can send it to you through your LMS, through Google Classroom, uh, D2L, or any other platform that you happen to be using for your learning management software. But not every single thing needs to have a digital template. Just because you have a page in a workbook doesn't mean that you need to convert that page into a digital platform. I would hazard to guess that many of those activities can be done without needing to convert them into these very pretty Bitmoji link farm type activities. I'm actually not a big proponent of a Bitmoji classroom. And I will be honest with you in saying that the biggest reason that I am against them is because I think they take a lot of time for teachers to create and make. And I don't think that the reality is, is that students are getting a lot out of them. In the students that I am supporting regularly, they're finding Bitmoji classrooms really difficult to navigate and unclear as to what to do with this picture that they're seeing. They see a picture of a classroom. There's not always a great understanding of what we're supposed to do or a linear idea of how we're supposed to follow it. Sure, it looks cute, but is cute always good teaching? Not necessarily. If you can whip out a brand new Bitmoji classroom in 20 minutes, then 
all the power to you, keep doing it. But if you are struggling through the creation of these documents, just because you think this is what you should be doing, I would question whether or not your t- this is a valuable use of your time, not only for you and also for your students. Can they get the same quality of learning out of simply just you talking to them, giving them a question, and having them write their answer to it? Or you ask them to read a book on Epic and you simply provide them with a link in which to do that. Do you necessarily need to have it all laid out perfectly on a digital library shelf so that students can click on those books? If you are going to use those types of classrooms, I would suggest that you find pre-made templates that don't take a lot of time for you to do, and I would set limits as to how long you give yourself to work on that and to really monitor whether or not you're actually getting a really good return on that investment or if you could spend less time doing something else and then be able to have more time for yourself instead of planning every minute of every day. Now here's another thing that I'm seeing a lot of in some of the teacher chat rooms lately is about tech and all of the problems with tech. I guarantee you 1000% you will encounter lots and lots of tech problems. These tech problems are not the end of the world. You do not need to be a tech pro to be a remote teacher. Your students are learning too. For some of you, you may have students that are digital natives and you can ask them to help you. You can ask them to try and figure out how to do different things. This is what I want to do. Anybody know how to do that? There are parents that might be able to provide solutions because they've been using MS Teams for months and months, if not a year now, and trying to navigate that, you can use the community to help support you. People understand more than anything that we are all just trying, and the effort is far more valued than the expertise. You do not need to be a tech pro. Your skill level at using tech does not matter. Your effort and your willingness to show up for your kids, to be there, to be present, and to engage with them is a hundred times more important than your familiarity with the different tech tools. So use this change your mindset that you don't necessarily have to be a pro at everything. It is absolutely okay to go into that live learning session and figure it out as you go along. It is perfectly fine and not a problem because it is better to show up and to try than to not show up at all. We are talking mostly about junior students. Most of my teaching and talking here on the Madly Learning page is all about junior students. So we're talking about students in the junior grades. They can do way more than you think they can. So one of the things we need to remember is we need to give students the opportunity to figure things out. That means students can start with a blank document. If you would use a notebook in your classroom, they can use a blank document as a digital tool. If you don't have text boxes in every place you want them to answer a question, 
That's okay too. Students can make their own text boxes and they can even make their own templates. You do not need to have a template for every single learning activity. In the same way you don't need to have a worksheet for every single learning activity. Digital templates are just like having a photocopied paper and worksheet for everything. Something we don't want to over rely on as teachers in a classroom is something we also don't want to over rely on in our digital classroom. Number one, it's going to take an immense amount of time for you to put brand new learning activities all together and they're not necessary. A lot of this you can simply cover through interactive differentiated type of teaching activities that you can do in the digital classroom. The other thing I want to mention is parents. Now we do know that most likely there's going to be an adult in the building, but as teachers, we need to remember they're not our audience. Our audience is our students. We should be writing to our students. We should be talking to our students. We should not be addressing parents, and we should remember that all instructions that we're putting on our LMS, all activities that we are doing, all of the learning that is happening should be isolated without parent support. We need to make sure that the activities that we are planning are going to be for our students to do independently. Does that mean that parents aren't going to help out here and there? Of course not. Parents will help to teach their kids how to hand something in. They'll work together to log them in. They'll essentially be an emergency tech support or emergency support. But what we have to remember is that parents cannot be expected to sit beside our students one-on-one -on -one and work with them and teach them the different content. The burden of instruction is on us as the teacher. And it is a heavy and big burden that we bear. But it is something that we have trained to do and we know how to best teach our students. We need to wrap our heads around what it is to be remote teachers, take a breath, and remember that we can do this even though it's different and even though it's hard. My last tip is to remember that no is a complete sentence. You need to set limits to your time, to your mental health, and for yourself. Set limits on how much you are going to prep and plan. If it doesn't get done and if it's not perfect, is it the end of the world? Is there an easier way to do this? Is there a shortcut? Do I have to have my entire week's worth of lessons, 75 different slides in a PowerPoint presentation so that students can see what it is I'm talking about when I'm talking? Is this something you do in your regular classroom? Probably not, because if it's not something you do in your regular classroom, and it's not absolutely necessary for you to get that worksheet translated for your students, you can use simply a wall behind you, a piece of chart paper, um, you can use just a white piece of paper, you can use an iPad as a document camera. There is a lot of different things and strategies that you can do where you can make those slides live. Just like you would in the classroom, you would not generally have a ton of slides playing over and over again. Or at least if you're like me, you would not have pre-made slides for every learning and lesson activity that you ever taught. 
what you would have is you would have a blackboard or a whiteboard or a chart paper and as you are talking and animating, you're interacting with your students, you're recording what they're saying on chart paper or on the board behind you, those can also be done in a remote classroom because you can have a digital whiteboard or a document camera or simply just a wall with a piece of chart paper or Bristol board on it behind you that you can write on just like you would in the classroom. The only difference for remote teaching in when it comes to instruction is that your students aren't sitting perhaps on the carpet in front of you or at the desks in front of you. They're sitting at their desks in multiple different locations. The same way that I am talking to you here is the same way you can talk with your students. You can have activities that they can do. You can have interactive pages for them to engage with, but you need to be able to set limits with what is realistic for you to be able to do. How much time do you have to dedicate to planning and prepping for your digital remote week? What can you cut? What isn't absolutely necessary? And what are those things that are tricking you that you say you should do them, but when you really look at it, they're not necessary for you to do? It is completely okay for you to say no to yourself, to not compare yourself to other teachers and what you may see on social media as to what other remote learning looks like and all the fancy templates and different things like that. You can say no, you can set limits, and you can put yourself and your mental health first. But it does mean that you need to remember the first basic rule. And that is, you've got to show up and you've got to turn your camera on and you've got to teach. And if that is what you are able to do, and if that is the end of what you are able to do, that is all you need to do. So it's my hope that you take some of these ideas and reduce what you are expecting of yourself to set a realistic goal as to what you can actually get accomplished, what you can actually do, and where your priorities are. If you are instructing for 225 minutes of synchronous learning each and every day, do you need to have all those slides that are going to back you up for those lessons? Or can it just be you engaging with your students and recreating some of the teaching strategies that you use every single day in your in-person classroom and translate those into remote ready teaching? Thank you so much for joining me. It is my hope that I've given you some food for thought and hope that you have looked critically at some of the things that you are putting together and you are doing and asking yourself whether or not they're necessary. It is my hope that you take some of these tips and help to get your time back, reduce some of your stress and overwhelm, and take a step back and realize that the number one thing your students need is you. I hope you have a great week and we will be back next Monday night with another video. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Inquiry Live podcast replay. You can find the links, resources, and more information from today's episode at www.teachingwithinquiry.com. Don't forget, you can always catch this show live on Facebook every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern on the Madly Learning Facebook page. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Inquiry Live.